do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the truth, Jordan? You're, <laughs> You're gonna decide that, are you? What the fuck is wrong with it? <laughs> you know how they play. All right, today we are joined by Bruce Rivers. He's the criminal lawyer. Uh, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite YouTubers who I've discovered in the last 12 months. Uh, a lawyer um, of 25 years, I believe. Isn't that right, Bruce? That's right. Um, you have uh, brought a real new breed of content to YouTube where we're getting the expertise of a man who's done this for the majority of his life but with a good sense of humor. And I think you see through a lot of uh, these celebrities perfectly well. And one of the guys you've covered a lot on your channel is my old mate, Andrew Tate. Um, and he's in a bit of hot water at the moment. So, yeah, uh, they've charged him finally. Um, you've done a lot of um, the, the videos on them and explaining how his self-snitching, his constant boasting about what he's done across his, and I'm going to use this term loosely, career, because he hasn't worked a day in his life, really. Um, but, you know, is, is this all coming back to haunt him now? I call him the gift that keeps on giving because every time he opens his mouth, he really thinks he's the smartest person in the room, right? <laughs> and, uh, and he... You know, to prove this, some of the charges, I've always said you need force, fraud, or coercion. And what does he talk about in in, in the instructional videos when he tells <laughs> other guys how he set up his own deal? You know, and here's like him, don't like him. There's so many guys that just lick each one of his nutsacks. And and I don't, I really don't understand it. It's the guys, you know, clingy, what, what color is your Bugatti? You know, that kind of thing. They just they idolize the um, the over masculinity, the uh, the overindulgence, the the excessive wealth, you know, that kind of stuff. And so but when you really break down what he's saying in his videos, you need to con these women into being uh, subservient to you, to, to love you and to to do all these things to get loyal to you so you can con them out of their money. I mean that that is it in a nutshell, and and that, and look, it is a real shame that this man has been able to um, obviously do what he's done to these women for a start, but also pulling the wool over the eyes of a, what seems like a generation of young men who, you know, it's it's a lot easier to do that when you're selling a glamorous lifestyle. Um, and the ironic thing for me is what, what a true definition of masculinity to me are people like yourself who, who do it the, the honest way and the hard way and put years and years of work in to build themselves into a business and build a family and stay loyal to that family. And, and yet what, what he has done is, is quite the opposite of that in exploiting people. He, he is the grifter who keeps on grifting. And, and to do an instructional manual, you know, I, I don't know if you've read his old website where he takes everyone through, you know, how efficiently he is in getting these women to love him. And yeah. then, you know, if you've got a girlfriend, you should do the same thing. Um, and now he's obviously denying, denying as much as he can while he consistently does interviews. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not a criminal, but, you know, as someone who's worked with them for years, it would seem like one of the best courses of action is to keep your mouth shut, Bruce. And yet, you know, as if, if you were his lawyer, how would you be feeling right now? 
Well, first of all, I don't think I would be his lawyer. Um, and the only reason I say that is because I don't think he'd listen to me. Mm. And I, it's very difficult to handle a case when your client is always stepping on themselves. You know, look at look at what Trump's doing right now. I, you know, doing that, that interview that he did with Brett Baer the other night was just absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Um, oh. and, 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 and so anything you say is going to be used and held against you in court. And so that one of the things we did in our videos is we, we take the, uh, the charges and there's a really good 80 page order from the judge on Tate on why he's keeping him under uh, house arrest. And, and, and in that there's a bunch of different things that, uh, you know, there's text messages between the parties and everything. But one of the things we've done is we, okay, so he says he's innocent. He says he's never said that because you saw the BBC interview that he recently did. Well, you just go to the clip, you know, just go to his own words. And people are saying, well, that's just shtick. I don't give a shit if it's shtick or not. He's telling people what he has done, and there's evidence to corroborate what he's done. And so, you know, I don't want to see anybody or bad things happen to anybody, but he's make, he's his own worst enemy. Yeah, I think the, the narcissism level we've seen in him where you've got a man, you know, much like, um, you know, serial killers when they finally start singing, uh, they want to tell you how genius they were in all of their conniving plans. And he really comes across just like a classic Netflix uh, person who you think you're the smartest man in the room, so much so you want to tell everyone just how smart you are and in doing so, incriminate yourself. And when you've got these manuals of how to do this and how to coerce women, and then you've got a whole host of women there saying, he did this to me, I've got the tattoo to prove it, and I'm, I've been locked in there. I've had to give him all the money and all, all of these things. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. You are. But to me, that doesn't seem that hard to prove in court. Am I wrong? Or No. You're, his, the proof is in his own words and his own instructional videos. And you match that up with what he did. The other thing he said is, I have to do this in order to cover up what I'm really doing. And so... <laughs> He, he doesn't. He doesn't pay taxes. I mean, that he said that to one of the girls. Yeah, he said um, that on a video. I see, like, I seen him talk about Bitcoin and how you avoid paying taxes. I mean, what we might be looking at is the tip of the iceberg because. When you look at this man, he wasn't a businessman. By his own admissions, he was a struggling kickboxer who even his kickboxing uh, record is is padded with the easiest fights possible. Everything about this man is a lie, essentially. And, um, and even going back to the BBC interview he did recently, he actually says in that interview, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to incriminate myself. And you're like, how can you incriminate yourself if you're innocent? So... Uh, in terms of um, this thing, this this thing that people say of, it's just an act. It's it's not real. It's not really who he really is. And some of these girls have then come out. Uh, you know, a lot of these women who he said he's had on the on his books for ten years are now defending him, saying he's a great guy. But how will that stand up in court? Him saying it was all an act. It, it'll rest on a couple of things. One, it'll rest. The, a lot of it will rest on these conversations he's had on WhatsApp. Um, to get women to come, you know, uh, you'll be mine. You'll be mine alone. And then, and then you take the emails and text messages and other things between his brother and uh, the other two ladies that are, are indicted with him. Um, they put that all together in a package. And, uh, and here's the thing they, you don't get a jury. 
You don't get you don't get some unsophisticated uh, housewife from the suburbs who's gonna you know, I who who you know will give you the benefit of the doubt. You you get a judge, and and my understanding is that now you know he's had one judge uh, that has been. Um, his judge throughout this thing. And when it comes to the trial, he, he gets a different judge for that. A judge is not going to take the political heat to acquit him. Um, and, it, and so I just, his chances of winning this, I think are slim to none. A lot of people are speculating that they, with the amount of money he has, which even that seems incredibly vague and inflated, um, a lot of that is like, you know, you're looking at him living in a, a 600,000 pound house and claiming hundreds of millions of pounds of wealth. A lot of it just doesn't add up. And, you know, I understand uh, a lot of it is, is for sure, but the deal could be offered to him, essentially from what I'm hearing on Google and doing my own research, that, you know, you give up what you're worth to cut a deal to get you a lower sentence. I mean, I don't know what you understand of Romanian law, but do you think that's probable? Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, the I know they've seized um, I mean, uh, 13 or 14 cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the, on the flip side of that, they didn't seize a lot of cash, mm. you know, because I don't think he had a lot of cash. Yeah, it's all being <laughs> you know, used to put up the show, I guess. Yeah, and, and so um, if he put all his money into cars, how smart is that? And so I, I, I would assume, you know, and I've done deals like that before. I had a guy who was dealing, uh, you know, marijuana for eight years, so 100 pounds a month. And he put everything into his home and stuff and it was all cash. And so I struck a deal, you know, okay, we'll give up everything. Um, and you give him some home monitoring time and that's it. So that's a possibility, but given how high profile this, uh, how high profile this is, I really doubt that, that they're going to let him buy his way out of jail. And do you think him repeatedly calling it the question, the validity of the trial, saying they have no evidence, the things he said in the past about, I'm moving to Romania because of the laws over there being so lax. And how, dumb, how dumb is that? I mean, <laughs> the fact that people call him a genius, mate, this guy's one of the dumbest people I've ever seen. And then he, he, he does this, um, you know, he's constantly sort of insulting the people of Romania who are behind this lawsuit. I feel like they're going to want to, and I could be wrong. And look, if he's innocent, I, I think, you know, even as much as I dislike him, if he's innocent, find him innocent, okay. But the reality is, I doubt that's going to happen because there's so much out there that proves and points to him being involved in illegal activity. The Romanian people will probably want to make a statement out of him saying, this is not a paradise for criminals. We will not allow this. Uh, What do you make of that? Oh, well, here's the other thing. They're part of the convention, uh, the UN Convention on uh, Sex Trafficking. Mm. And I've actually tried a sex trafficking case where I had... Uh, you know, five other code or four or five other co-defendants. It's a seven-week trial, so I I know what this convention is, and I know um, exactly how these cases are tried. Mm. And you know, there's how long would know, it last? I'll, usually, a case like that, do you think? I probably probably bet at least five six weeks. I I would bet. Um, but but, but to get a trial may take longer. Is that correct or no? I think they're going to, no, I think they're going to get to trial fairly quickly here. Oh, all right. 
That so we'll have an outcome. Get- and do you have any estimations of, um, you know, how long, if found guilty, he, he could be looking at here? You know, I, I think he could be looking at 10 years plus. Wow. And, and this, when you hear that and you see the way he's behaving, even now he seems in a state of absolute delusion where he is comparing himself to Philip Schofield, who's a TV presenter in the UK. Why, why would you do that? Why, why, I saw that. Why the he would, would see, was he a... Uh... The, the story behind that is he was like a breakfast TV guy who had been yeah. allegedly grooming... Uh, a, a, a young man who, uh, by the time they had some sort of relationship, I think was of legal age. But equally, you're comparing yourself to a groomer. And it's like he's going, well, they, they're they treating that groomer better than they treated me. And it's I like, know. well, <laughs> I, I mean, A, this you're supposed I- to be this uber-masculine man and you're crying out here about them treating other people better than you. I mean... The, I, I just did a video on this, and, and you and you see him comparing him side by side, and, and to this guy. And I don't really know Schofield; I don't know his story very well. But you know, from from what he said, just he's a you know sex offender, and uh, and he's comparing himself to the treatment in the media. And it's like this is why you don't want your client giving public statements <laughs> like this, because it's just and, and he. You know the media bullets, and it, it, it just it, there's nothing he can say publicly that will help him in court. Yeah, he he did yeah. a put a video package out when he first got uh, you know uh, uh, charged, and you, I mean obviously they've been working on this for some time, so he was expecting it, and it's like you're you're a, basically a glorified pimp. That's what you've become <laughs> in your and life. He and he doesn't have a shirt on in, in, in that public address. That <laughs> and, he and then he's comparing himself in this video to Johnny Depp, world-famous actor, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, world-famous soccer player. And you're like, mate, you're a glorified pimp who made your business as that. You, you're, it's not like this has just randomly happened to you and you were you know, accused. This is like several people have accused you. It's not one girlfriend gone wrong. And you've literally publicized this. And, I don't know how people can be so stupid to even take in another word he says. Is it possible that the Romanian police have evidence they haven't released yet to the wider public? Because all I know is what we've found on YouTube, essentially. Um, I, there's some guy in Romania that's been sending me stuff. And then, you know, but then I also got the order from the court and, and it sort of coincides. That 80-page order is the most damning uh, thing and, and it, it it actually goes through these conversations, you know, little by little, and then it, and then it talks about his own words, what he says on his videos, and then it also talks about the things that they found and uh, and the methods that he's been using. So I, I think they have way more than they need to prosecute. Okay, that well, I mean, because some of the voice notes I've heard where he's sort of. Um, he's messaged a girl saying, I love you. Like, I, you know, that one, that message, I love, you know, attacking you essentially, uh, sexually. And then, and then the voice notes, the sick voice notes he sent, which his fans are then saying are AI and just in this complete state of delusion. But, um, you know, the, the testimonies that I've heard from the women where they're crying and talking about, I don't know if you've seen the BBC, uh, interview with one of the, the girls who was a victim who was sobbing. 
I mean, you're probably a great judge of character at this point. I don't know if you've seen any of those women give their statements, but did you feel like you were leaning to believe them or not? You know, they don't have to be corroborated. There's a big misnomer that what they say has to be corroborated. But it seems to me that they are corroborated. And uh, why don't they have to be corroborated? They don't because it's their testimony. It's just their credibility. Okay. You know, if you if you if you look at them and their their demeanor, their uh, if they're, what they're saying makes sense. If uh, if and if there is corroboration, that's just more icing on the cake. Mm. But uh, what I what I have come to to come away with is is that he's so much bluster, right? I mean, so many promises of of X, Y, and Z. And and it's attractive to some ladies, right? And and some ladies will go ahead and, and be humiliated or um, endure, you know, poor treatment. Have you and, seen the video of him slapping the the blonde female? Yeah, yeah, I'm, right. I mean, he apparently met her when she was around sixteen. And, you know, she to this day defends him and says, oh, it was just game. It was just game. And I'm like, you're still in his game. And I don't even think you're aware of it. Like, she's so loyal to him. And to like, she's sobbing while getting smacked in that video. And you're like, you really, like, you really think that you were enjoying that? Do you, and I, I feel like she doesn't even realize the level of brainwashing that she's been subjected to. Well, that that's a whole other issue. And I, I would bet that the that the government's lawyer in this case would have experts to talk about brainwashing and how these girls are, um, are trapped. Can you you explain coercion? Sorry to interrupt you, mate. Like what, what exactly is coercion to someone who doesn't know? Coercion can take a couple different forms. It can take like a physical form. Like I, I limit where you, where you go. I physically punish you. you know, that kind of thing, but it can also take the form of, um, debt, and in the case that I tried, nobody was forced to be there. I mean, and it was all about debt because when, when they got here, they owed a certain amount of debt and they had to pay that off. And then once they did, then they could do what they wanted. But what, until then, they couldn't. And that is what that's one of the allegations in this case about the sex trafficking is that these women were saddled with a bunch of debt uh, and then they had to pay it off. How would they so, be in debt? Uh, that's a good question. I don't exactly know how, you know, the structure of the debt, Mm -hmm. but that's one of the things that that an order talks about is that these, uh, women are, you know, to get the opportunity to do what they want, maybe to buy into the business, they get a certain amount of debt and then they have to pay it off. So that's, so debt is one thing. Uh, so like you buy things for them and then say, you have to work this off now. No, 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 no. You say, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you here. I'm going to, I'm going to fly you here. I'm going to pay for your expenses. I'm going to pay for your, uh, and you're going to owe me X amount of dollars. And they, and then when they do that, they do it in such a large amount that there's no way you could ever pay it off. So yeah. it, it, it forces you to stay in that situation. But the other thing is they took their passports. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they were under constant surveillance. They were never left alone. And, and so they were, their freedom was severely restricted. So when you get those, a combination of those things, that's coercion. Mm -hmm. And and then you've got those two females who are also involved in this high up as the former police officer, one who's in her thirties. That's a very interesting one because I was wondering like, at what point 
could they flip and turn on him and, and sell him? Do you think now, the closer we get to trial, they might break? Or are they in it for the long haul now, in your opinion? You know, I, it's, it's a good question. No one knows except for their lawyers. Mm. I, would be, I would be shocked. Well, the only way they're going to flip is if they're offered something to flip. And, and if, the, if the prosecution doesn't need it, they're not going to offer it. Right, yeah, because they'd rather get the whole group of them anyway. Right. Yeah. But if but if if, if they I, I would I would bet that her lawyers have have broached that subject because it, it, it they would be it would be malpractice if they didn't. Yeah, and it baffles me why these people have remained loyal, but then I don't know what what he has on them as well because they were probably doing a lot of the dirty work and maybe maybe they have enough and when you look at the I mean just looking through some of the evidence here I've got in front of me you know between all of the victim statements uh, there were six to seven statements taken they were making 50 grand a month and obviously not being giving much of that the the Tate seem to have spun this on their little video saying oh we're getting um they're, they're they're saying that we did it for their money for their tiktoks and you know tiktok doesn't even make a lot of money what do you make of this sort of misdirection and the spin that they're now trying to create by getting public opinion on board with them well first of all public opinion won't matter in, in the courtroom number one number two the if you if you remember what he says in one of his videos how he scammed them out of their uh, out of a 20, 30%. Oh, I, I need you to sign this tax form and I need you to sign this tax form because what I'm going to do here is see, I'm going to pay your taxes and, and he doesn't pay taxes, but he takes another chunk of their money. So it, that's another form of fraud. And so the fraud can take a, a number of forms, but the, so you, the, the prosecution does not have that far to go in order to prove what they need to prove for, for the sex trafficking part of it. And with it just being a judge, and the, the judge previously had said the reason he was keeping a hold of him, um, which, I mean, obviously in, on a human rights level without charges, uh, I think, you know, even me and you who aren't a fan of this guy were a bit surprised by, he previously had said the capacity and effort to exercise permanent psychological control over the victims, including resorting to acts of violence, were the reasons why. So the judge certainly doesn't seem to be in a this-could-go-either-way frame of mind on the run-up to this trial. There's two um, considerations when you talk about bail or detention. And one is uh, danger to the public, and that's what he's talking about there. And the other one is risk of flight. And that was also addressed. And he, if you remember, I think he had like seven passports, you know, from various countries. So he had, uh, and he was a UK citizen, a US citizen. Uh, so he had a US, uh, UK, Romania, and he had several other ones for other countries. I don't know how he got those passports. But and he bragged about it. And he bragged about it. He could go to any country that he wanted to. I mean, I'm sorry, you, you know. You know, fuck around, find out. Yeah. Pardon my friends. Yeah, and he, he even said, like, uh, the, the, well, there's many clips I'm saying, like, if they try and arrest me, uh, like, he, he's talking about his lawyers, like, get me the fuck out of here. And like, he's, he's basically like, if they put me in, in jail, I'm just going to buy my way out. I mean, it does feel like the Romanian uh, police would have seen all of that now. And he was specifically talking about the Romanian um authorities and and the jail i will walk into that jail and i'll have everybody you know doing this it's like okay 
And then, and, and now he's riding around on a Bugatti scooter. <laughs> it's very so. interesting because obviously last time he was locked up with just his brother. This time, oh, it' gonna be different, boy. You're gonna be in there with the real killers, the real dogs, and uh, right. and he'll be you know fresh meat and 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 a, and a prize if anything to some of these bad dudes um and look you know anyone who's been offensive to women in jail i'm not sure it's the best look especially when you've been saying what you've been saying in terms of just his his public um actions because obviously the the evidence is pretty damning he's now like he's putting out tweets saying things like oh i'll train elon musk for a celebrity boxing match uh, that's his most recent tweet before we've uh, done this interview. And you're just thinking, like, you're not even close to being in the real world here. No, I think he's getting a little desperate for cash. That's my guess. Okay. You know, and, and it just it, it just breaks my heart to see these young guys idolize him and uh, sign on to Hustler University or whatever his like, scam is, you know, think I, I, you'd be surprised whenever I put out a, a, a gift that give, keeps on giving video about Andrew Tate. Um, I always get these comments, you know, in, you know, from guys saying, Oh, you just don't know him or you're jealous or, you know, and, and, it, and they're just hook, line and sinker in, into his world. And these guys will never own a Bugatti. They, you know, and, and the stuff that he sells, it's just not, it's not real. It's just, it's such fake hype. And, uh, and that's why I'm on my channel. What I, I promote is building, you know, building a life, building your, your financial future, building your education, building your relationships, just building. So, so you look back in a few years, it's like, Look what I built. That makes it for young guys. They make better choices when they, they don't want to do yeah. that. Unfortunately, though, and that's part of the thing. When you can, the the reason Tate can sell to these young impressionable guys is there's there's not the attraction there for laying a brick in your house every day to build a house over a long period of time people want the instant they want the immediate they want the quick cash and that's what he sells that's what he sells to those girls that's what he sells to those young boys and it he's the pied piper and i'm it's been incredibly frustrating for me because i'm the one who's had a lot of his fans saying this that and the other about me because i i actually pointed it out about him in my first video back in what 2019 I first discovered this guy had about 20,000 subscribers and I said like I'm getting all Kelly vibes from this guy he's deliberately seeking out these young impressionable women there's not educated women of real high value and high self-respect who are going places in their own life and don't need a man they're not picking this guy he's picking the pretty ones who are who didn't have a dad who no offense but you know who are struggling and looking for that strong male and and i watched a it might have been a jordan peterson clip where he talked about men who are um psychopaths essentially they can put extreme confidence to young women and women will mistake that confidence for competence because they don't be, they're not able to discern between the two of them. And I think he is a living example of that kind of to sell yourself in the best way possible. And if the reality is nowhere near that, it doesn't matter because people aren't smart enough to know the difference, aside from people like yourself, of course. And yeah, what do you think about the youth uh, impact that he is having right now? Because people seem to be sort of, I don't know, not, not, believe, not really understanding the, the damage he is having. It's just sad because he's he's a caricature of success 
and and not real success. Not something you could really apply in your daily life. How many of these guys are actually going to start an OnlyFans page or, you know, or start a webcam business? I mean, it's not replicable. Honestly. And for a start, uh, you know, his, his, his methods were illegal. So this isn't something you can try and test in your own life. And that's why him selling it is more laughable than anything. And when you look at what he's been able to do with, look, I understand there's been a, a, a feminization uh, from how civilized the world has become. And now we have social media where people don't have to be accountable to what they say to each other. And he has capitalized on that by being this polar opposite so that people can, who are sick of that, have an outlet uh, in their mind of, oh, well, I'll follow this guy because he speaks to me more than the, the, the feminists and all of the, the other people who seem to be taken over online right now. There's a lot of lost men who feel like... Um, Probably emotionally and biologically, they're still, they belong in a different era to where they are now and they can't really figure out how to behave like men. So they're looking to people and he is, you know, waving over here. Yeah, I've got the, the right answer and, and clearly not. But when you talk about uh, the sex trafficking specifically, uh, would that, you know, in the UK, they have what's called a sex offenders register where people who've molested kids and whatever have to sign on. Would that mean he'd have to sign that, for example? 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got charges pending in the UK and and possibly the US. Yeah, well, there's and victims he, from both sides, aren't there? So they'll be, yeah. I think they're probably just waiting to see what happens in Romania. But, you know, and I, I just I just don't know when it became fashionable to treat women like shit, you know, to hit them. You know what it is, though, right? It, it, it's because there's more, for what from what statistically I'm learning about is... Dating and uh, social media has changed the world so much. So now, like, women are uh, aiming higher than ever because they're, they're saying what's available because of Instagram. It's not like the old days where we would just, you know, meet a girl at a dance or at a nightclub or whatever. So, right. so the, the amount of men who can attract women seems to be getting smaller. So, therefore, there's more virgins than ever, right? And these virgins, they want an answer. And they've got a guy being like, hey, guys, you know, this is how it's done. This is how you do it with the ladies. And there's a lot of these Pied Pipers who are charming these young men and thinking that the way to go is to be an arsehole. And actually making women laugh and, and being nice to them and <laughs> paying for stuff is actually probably a better way. But <laughs> I, I think humor is probably the biggest aphrodisiac for women, Facts. to be quite frank. Facts. Yeah. Have you ever seen an ugly guy with a hot woman? He is a guaranteed good laugh. Um <laughs> obviously this human trafficking thing you've done these these trials before um i mean what percentage chance do you give andrew tate for being found innocent zero okay. zero I, I just you know people say well they don't have any evidence you know and they do have evidence somebody's testimony is evidence it feels to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, when people say, um, you know, there's no evidence, what they're meaning is there's not an actual videotape of him committing this act on a woman. But like, all right, okay, but that's why proving sex attacks is so difficult, and that's why the evidence is often um, lost or not found in time, but, you know, because time is of the essence in these sort of things for DNA. But when you look at a guy who's promoted himself to do this, has told you how he coerces women, has given a course on how to do this, you've then got messages between him and the victims in question where he is saying, I loved you last night 
the voice notes. You've then got all of their injuries, all of their uh, issues, the fact that they were there, the fact that we can prove them there, we can put them there, we can show that they were earning money for him, that then went into his account. Like, when people say there's no evidence, I'm like, what? I mean, what more do you want aside from a literal video of it? You just laid it all out. Mm. You just laid it out perfectly. They don't, you know, look at the facts objectively. You know, and, and I've looked at them objectively. And, and the first thing he's going to want to do, let's just talk about a defense. What, 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 what does his defense look like? And the defense, the defense is going to be, you know, they were there voluntarily. Um, everything they did was consensual. They made money and it was an opportunity for them. That's going to be their defense. And, the, and, and they will probably have many positive messages from other girls and then they're going to try to have other girls probably try to discredit them. That's mm-hmm. going to be their, their defense. But I think it's going to fall short. That does make a lot of a lot of sense. I mean, what what else could he go for realistically? Before we move on from Tate, um, if he was to get 10 plus years, do you have any idea of how many years he'd actually serve? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, if they get good time in Romania or not. Uh-huh. But um, it, but it, from what I understand, and I've seen a couple of interviews with guys who've done some time in Romania, and it's it doesn't sound like it's a pleasant place to be. No, no. I, I interviewed a guy who'd done time in Romania, and he he basically said because of the prosecutor that they've got on board, who was basically a pit bull. He's like, they wouldn't have even arrested him if they didn't know for a fact they were going to get a conviction because that's the way this guy sort of operates. He's, a, he's, he's one of those, the best guys that they have, obviously. Have you done a sex trafficking case like this before where, where you were prosecuting or defending? And what was the outcome? Well, I, I can't ever see myself putting people in jail. That's not in my DNA. So I defend always. And the one that comes to mind, I had a seven-week sex trafficking trial. Uh, it was all Thai. It was related to Thai women. And my client set up a few. My client was a Thai woman. She and she was a sex worker herself. And she set up how, a few different houses and and um, would have uh, these gals work for. Her. And she worked right alongside them. And the issue in that case wasn't whether she did what was being alleged. The issue was whether it was forced fraud or coercion. And they said that the debt, uh, we, she wound up getting convicted, but the guidelines, it was, it was worth trying because uh, we educated the judge as to what the case was about, basically. And she was looking at uh, well over 20 years, like 270 months, I think, was the top end of the guidelines. And, uh, and I got her under, under 120. So, so we beat the guidelines. We beat any offer. And you, so you said you great. got her under what? Sorry. How many years? 120, 120 months. Oh, wow. Okay. So For 10 years, just under 10 years. Oh. And, but by the time we got to trial, she had, you know, three or four years in already. So she only had to do a little more time than she was out. But, um, it was a really fun trial in the sense that we had, uh, you know, five guys, five or six guys. And um, it was the camaraderie and the, the, the shit that happens in court. It's just, it's just, I, I'm telling you, they make movies about what we do. They don't make movies about, uh, you know, accountants, generally speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and it's, but it was fun. It was really a fun, fun trial. Uh, the best line out of this was 
this guy wanted it to arrange a, uh, you know, a time to go see one of these ladies. And he asks if she can wear the shoes that she's wearing in the ad. And <laughs> I don't have the fucking shoes. Did he come to fuck me or the shoes? <laughs> That's and I said, that sounded like a powerful woman to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, buddy. You know, you, you often will have to defend bad people, essentially, mm-hmm. um, because everyone has the right to a defense. And you have probably at times gotten someone a, a, an innocent verdict who may not have officially been innocent in, you know, and that's part of your job is to do your best. Do you ever question that as a, on a moral level with yourself? No, that's just future marketing. If they go uh, commit more crimes, I get more business. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding about that. Uh, the way no, but I if they do at- commit a future crime, people will look at you and go, damn, that guy, he did a great job because <laughs> they were psycho, you know, like it almost is, isn't it? It, it doesn't happen as often as you think. Um, the federal government, in the, in the U.S. Attorney's Office in the United States, their conviction rate is like 96% or something like that. It's, it's insane. Um, the, um, I had 10 trials last year. I won seven out of the 10. Um, I had one civil case where my client uh, was awarded $35 million on a burn case. He was burned um, on 40% of his body in a work-related accident. But the other, the other nine trials were all criminal cases. Um, and you don't win them all. I mean, you can't win them all. And if you win them all, if you, anybody who's there's only two kinds of liar, liars. There's only two kinds of lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> this is really Jim Carrey stuff right now, right? Liar, liar. <laughs> there's only two kinds of lawyers who have never lost a case: <laughs> liars and pussies. Those are the two kinds of lawyers. I had two cases last year that were really bad homicides and very big verdicts for the prosecution. I mean, and so. Um, so if, if I win a case and I know my guy did it, you know, or is actually guilty, um, that's not on me. That's on the prosecution for losing the case because the burden is not on me to, to put on a defense. The burden is on the state to, uh, uh, to prove the guilt. I mean, yeah, you make a very good point. And ultimately, if you're able to do that, then, then you're doing the right job, you know, for, the, for your client. As Thomas Jefferson said, better to let uh, 10 guilty uh, go free than one innocent be imprisoned. It's a tricky one, isn't it? It really is a difficult system to live within. And I definitely want to get you back on for a more in-depth talk because I think that this is such a a fascinating topic. I mean, we love crime documentaries for this reason and and I'd love to go through more of your career. Uh, Just one last question before I let you go. When you look back at your legacy as a lawyer, um, and I'd like to talk more about just the, the man behind that, but just as a lawyer... What is your legacy and your opinion uh, amongst your peers, amongst the way people see you as a lawyer? Um, somebody who is a tough, strident advocate who played by the rules and, uh, and dealt with everybody in a fair and, uh, and sometimes jocular way. I, I, like to make people, I like to make people laugh wherever I go. 
Mate, we know, we know that. Anyone who's watched your channel, and it's a fantastic channel, I will put the link in the description below for people who want to go and check out. Because you do, you break down, especially celebrity trials, which there seem to be a lot of, weirdly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is an abnormal amount of criminals getting popular. Um, but no, uh, I will put a link for the Bruce Rivers channel uh, below. I can't wait to have you on again. I'd love to do, when we've got more time and you're not so busy, to sit down and talk about your entire career, um, talk about the highlights of your career and and some of the big moments that you've been through and just overall the justice system and hopefully we can do that soon mate i i can't tell you uh, how much i appreciate meeting you and uh you've been at my my son michael rivers who's our content genius um has been a huge fan of yours for a lot of years Oh, big love to him then. And uh, well done on everything. He is killing it on your channel there, doing uh, a fantastic job. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for uh, to everyone who tuned in. We'll be sure to do a part two soon, and we'll see you later. Cheers. Cheers.